Hi, this is Chad with I Want to Know, and today is a special podcast because I get my beautiful wife, <laughs> Nicole Ferguson, holistic nutritionist, and uh, what do you call it, a food counselor? I'm a, actually, I'll just, I can't be called a nutritionist legally in Alberta, Okay, but um, it's, uh, it's a certified holistic nutritional consultant, so I'm a nutrition advisor, but I can advise on lifestyle and supplements and diet and very cool and so you started for uh simply for life which i think we probably get your boss on in the next uh, week sometime um he's coming to town to look out your new store and uh, has agreed to come on the podcast lots of people agree to come on the podcast and they don't always show up so he's busy but he's um yeah he founded the company 17 years ago just him and his wife and uh, it's become a huge uh, franchise. Growing across Canada. Yeah, it's really popular in the east. It's making its way west. But um, yeah, I don't know the full number, so I shouldn't speak on it. But there's uh, lots of uh, franchises, so he could speak on that. It's pretty amazing. I'm actually really looking forward to it because someone that starts a company that big in Canada and grows it across the, the, the country is is pretty impressive. And the stuff that I've seen in his social media and what he talks about and, and what I've done uh, within the Simply for Life plan that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, we've been working on, my weight loss and health and longevity, um, has worked really, really well. So, um, Yeah, I'm not surprised because it's based on the Mediterranean diet, really. It's it's not a diet. You can say diet, but that's just a way of eating. So every culture has a diet, and that's a style of eating. But uh, so I'm not surprised it's worked for you because it's uh, a simple way of eating uh, without having to get uh, special things and supplements and doing things at special times. It really just fits into life. Well, maybe we'll let the the audience know what I've done is that, uh, so I was about 208, 210 pounds, uh, kind of end of summer, uh, close to the end of summer. I wasn't feeling very good, was not eating very well, wasn't taking care of myself. So uh, we started with just food. I wasn't even exercising at that time. And um, we really broke it down to a pretty simple uh, diet or regime where I would have... um, uh, either a carb breakfast or a carb, not even a carb breakfast. That's the wrong way to describe well, it. Yeah, we let's just say without you know, um, it's it's not one size fits all. We work with a lot of clients and we make adjustments as needed. But with you, we position the carbs, the starchy carbs, in such a way that your body had to go searching for fuel on some days and it just couldn't rely on carbs. So I guess it was I would call that carb positioning. Mm, very yeah. cool. I never yeah. heard that before. Yeah, so it's not a low-carb diet or we're not afraid of carbs. It just works with uh, your biology and your schedule. We yeah. work with you. So that, the, the, the one big thing that I, I started right away was eating breakfast, which I never normally did. So I would uh, get up in the morning and I would either have um, a low-carb or no-carb breakfast and then the vice versa the next day. So uh, I would add a carb to my breakfast. So lots of... Um, nutritional or whole grain, I guess, cereals, yeah. uh, like muesli, um, what is the other one I have in my yogurt? There's ancient grains, yeah, anything. I think uh, if people are okay with bran and fiber, those are all good. We like the a lot of the cereals you would find in the um, natural food section of our, our market, yeah. that, the supermarkets, but even Simply for Life now has its own market, so we can... Uh, get a lot where we vet out the ingredients because the ingredients people can think that well I'm having cereal three times a week that's good but what kind is it and how is it how is that grown and what additives are in it and whatnot so we we're careful about what goes in your body too because your liver has to filter out a lot of that right so I I picked usually a no um, no sugar added cereal I will add uh, almond milk and some uh, kefir or kefir I will add uh, some frozen berries. I usually defrost them. I don't like them really, really cold. Um, so you get a good 400-calorie breakfast um, that really fuels you for yeah, the first part of the day. Put it together really quick. So, yeah, we, 
we work with people. I, not everyone's a breakfast person. So right. it's not that if you're on this Simply for Life uh, program that you would have to have breakfast. All breakfast means is you're breaking a fast. So whatever time of day that is, uh, for you, it happens to be really early in the morning. And like for five some, o'clock. Yeah. And some people can't even dream of eating at that time. So we work with them and they just have to make a plan to bring a little food to work or have something stashed at the work fridge uh, to do something like that their yogurt and their cereal and, and things. So people uh, can manage quite well. So that's some of my other breakfasts that I have. It's all have uh, yogurt, uh, like a vanilla or a plain yogurt with berries in it, and maybe uh, some crunchy cereal on top. I'll have some uh, eggs and toast some mornings. Um, uh, it's pretty... I'm not a, I don't need a lot of variety. So uh, for me, I have like my three or four breakfasts that I like, and I have my three or four lunches that I like being, Mm -hmm. you know, vegetables, protein. I take a lot of soups because soups, uh, I can get a lot of vegetables in and, and, uh, you can change the taste of soups so easily yeah. uh, by adding different broth or making them with different broths. Um, we do all homemade stuff with homemade broths, and uh, I've been really enjoying it. And then my dinner times are usually a fairly large portion of protein, six to seven ounces, and then a bucket load of vegetables. And right now I'm sort of hooked on zucchini and mushrooms. So uh, most of my meals have that with some peppers and, and onions and stuff like that. And it's been working really, really well for me. I I've uh, sort of hit a, a point now where I'm not dropping any more weight. I've hit 188, so I'm 20 pounds down in, I don't know, 60 days, 70 days. Okay. Yeah, you touched on breakfast. Um, you don't want to have um, yogurt too often. So uh, yogurt's a nice thing, but it's one, one addition. And uh, dairy is a problem for some people, so we just work work with that so not everyone can have the yogurt so there's lots of alternatives and a lot of people are like you where they don't want a lot of, they're happy with sticking with the same thing but yeah. variety is important to get a, an array of nutrients so that's when uh, I, my training as a holistic nutrition consultant can uh, come in because I know about supplements and uh, their effect on our body and, and any contraindications too. So if someone uh, truly was a stickler and really just um, had a very unvaried diet and I couldn't get them to, to venture out too much, that's when a multivitamin would come in place. So uh, that I just wanted to, yeah, touch in on the types of breakfasts and foods you're eating is, is, uh, your way and, and, uh, but we don't have a one size fits all. We do, uh, accommodate the people that are not on dairy. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Soup is a really good idea too. We always recommend on your prep day, make a soup. Yeah, it's fantastic. It'll do me for two or three lunches throughout the week. Um, and I'm the, the, the soup king in our house right now. I, I do a phenomenal soup. So uh, I've tried three or four different mm-hmm. methods and the kids love it and I love it. If you it. do and say so yourself. If, uh, even if I do say so myself, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, we like your soups. So yeah, the, uh, the diet's working very well. Um, I think that people hit a plateau where I'm at right now. And so we've been talking about this over the last week or so about me sort of hitting my 188 and uh, not really moving a whole bunch. So what, what's going to be next on the plan for me? Um, well, I would look at what you're eating. So journaling is very important for a consultant to get an x-ray vision into what you're eating. Uh, then looking at portions, maybe your your portions uh, sizes are, are too large. Make sure you're still measuring. We do don't measure and count calories like crazy, but it's good to have a scale because if you're taking in just too much protein, even it can uh, tip the scales out of your favor. Um, but if your food was on point and everything, I would really look at exercise and what types of exercise you have to be moving your body more than it's sitting and um, the right types of exercise, not doing exercise to such an extreme that you're too sore the next couple of days and it stops you from exercising. Or if you have a high-stress job, then maybe the high, high-intensity workouts five days a week aren't doing you a service either. So um, I would just look at the types of exercise. And um, lastly, probably making sure you're not having a you're having an, uh, an eating window where you're giving your body enough time to do some cleanup, 12 hours. I think the sciencey word is autophagy. 
and uh, that's uh, a lot of people are familiar with it. Where you're when you are done eating, your body has to go. Uh, your digestive system is needing fuel and food, and it's doing some cleanup with dead cells. So I would look at that. A few other. I would say the one thing that I found really amazing about this was that I probably wasn't eating enough throughout the day prior to doing this, where um, I wasn't giving my body good fuel. So I'd get home, I'd be tired, and then I'd be starving, and then I would just eat everything in the house, all the potato yeah. chips and the pepperonis and the, the, the junk food that we had inside the, the house. But now that I, I have more of a, a steady diet of good nutrition throughout the day, um, I don't have those cravings. I don't have, um, you know, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not exhausted uh, when I get done my day of work. Yeah, that's when a case where snacking really helps someone like you mm-hmm. and me. Because if I don't, I come and eat all the food because I get too hungry. So this, so uh, there's a, a lot of people out there that are, uh, they'll have different styles of eating in one day, one time a day or two times a day or strict at three times a day and they don't believe in snacking. But like I said, no one diet fits all. And someone who has a really steady blood sugar and doesn't feel those dips and uh, gets hungry and hangry, they don't need snacks, but we do. Mm -hmm. And a snack isn't a treat. It's just simply a small component of what could be part of a meal. So nuts, uh, even dark chocolate, um, a piece of avocado, uh, vegetables, nut butters with your celery. So yeah, snacking, you've learned the importance of it and how it's helped you. Yeah. And I, I pick lots of good ones. And quite honestly, you stop craving the potato chips. Not that I never crave them, but, uh, um, it, you know, I'm not eating three or four bags of potato chips a week anymore. I can go in and get, you know, an ounce of cashew nuts or uh, macadamia nuts, and that really satisfies me. I can go have an apple or a banana, and that satisfies me. I can be in front of the the cookies and the potato chips and the cakes, and I don't, like, I don't have that physical craving for them anymore. Or if I even smelled cookies prior to this, then I was eating half a dozen or a row of Oreos or yeah. whatever. Well, it's yeah, it's a thing. It really is. Once, um, once you, your body is balanced and your nutrition is better, and it, your body's getting the right sleep it needs, the right movement, the cravings actually do stop. Mm-hmm. They do. They go away. Yeah. I. Um, I listened to a podcast that was talking about the bacteria in your stomach and how they're little bugs that have cravings that tell your brain what to do. And I really felt that as I started changing my diet, that the the, the sugar bugs were dying off and the mm-hmm. the um, the good food bugs were yeah. were firing back up. So my body now tells me it's like, oh, you you haven't eaten in this amount of time, so go have a bowl of soup or go have your you know uh, cucumber or your apple or whatever it is in a is mm-hmm. next on my day to eat. Um, that's the stuff my body craves now. Yeah. I noticed uh, a few years ago with you when you weren't sleeping well, and that's all related to diet and work and stress, And mm. but it was, you were really affected by it. And uh, I would see you like in a zombie-like state, <laughs> looking through the cupboards, one thing after another, and your body is craving energy. It's really craving sleep, yeah. but you're, you're going after the food and, and I, it's pretty common. Uh, we're mistaking different body cues for food hunger cues. I had a discussion with that with a, a new guy that I'm working with now because uh, he's a new dad. Uh, he's got a three-month-old at home, and he's like, I'm gaining weight like crazy. And I'm like, it's probably because you're not sleeping. So you're trying to get your energy from food instead of sleep. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I probably am. And so you know, I think a lot of people, when they're they're tired, they're like, well, I got to stay awake. They go have a coffee or they go have a chocolate bar or they go have Instant energy. a whole container of Oreos, which I was notorious for doing and ticking our kids off. Uh, but now I don't anymore. I, I feel good throughout the day. So yeah. I worked a 12-hour day today at my regular job, got home, did some cooking, did a little bit of organizing, and now I'm doing a podcast at 8 o'clock at night with you. Um, and I still feel good. I could still go for another hour or two. And, you know, I've had my... 1850 or 1860 calories today i'm looking at my i record on um uh, this fitness app all of my food and i've had 45 percent fat 37 percent carbohydrates and 16 percent protein so that's a little bit off from what i normally do throughout the day um i've noticed over the last 
three to four weeks, my carbs have been low. Um, I haven't been craving them, so I haven't been eating them, uh, but I'm trying to up them a little bit, get them a little closer to 45 or 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like your coworker there, he probably is lacking sleep. And uh, also when there's, you know, mom's probably busy and he, he might not be getting the attention he needs either, which is totally normal. But that's also we go to food for comfort, mm. especially carbs. So you see that a lot um, when um, our needs aren't getting met emotionally. Yep. Uh, we'll tend to go for uh, those <laughs> carby things that release those opioid type um, chemicals in the brain. The feel good. Yeah. yeah. So, the so it's effect. like a quick main line uh, to, to goodness. So, um, it happens. So you, you just have to look at sometimes when you have these cravings, sometimes you are nourished and it really is, what am I missing? What am I craving? Yeah. And sometimes it's just emotional connection. So it's getting out there as a holistic practitioner. I talk about, you know, what's your social circle like? Are yeah. you getting enough? Uh, you know, we're social creatures as much as we like to think we're not and we'd rather stay at home and lock ourselves in and stay behind our six foot fences. We actually do uh, need to step out and get with people and get with groups and be be part of something bigger. I couldn't agree more. The I am a super social guy. I love um, sitting down and talking with anybody, going for walks, being in parties, being in large groups. I never get tired of being around people, but I think I literally get fed energy from being around them. Not only the knowledge and the care and everything else, but I get this energy that I can't get when I'm sitting alone on the couch. Yeah, there's all types and some people are that way and some it's very draining. I'm drained by large groups of people. I like to go out, but I recharge when I'm home alone. You recharge when you're out. Yeah. Uh, but I think anxious feelings block people from getting out there and, and putting themselves out there. We want to protect ourselves, and our brain kind of protects us in that way and keeps us um, from putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations. And that helps, that goes with dieting too. I just did an article for a local, our local newspaper and it was about self-sabotage or self-protection. Mm -hmm. So when we try and do something, we want to do it well and we set out with full gusto and do it and then we start not doing what we expected. Then we get discouraged and say, well, why bother? This isn't working. If I can't do it right, I'm going to try again. So... Yeah, we just uh, work with all kinds. <laughs> we, we've had lots of talks about that, in particular on the podcast, that nobody's good at something the first time they try it. Rarely are there, are there true naturals. The people that we think are naturals just focus a lot on that thing they're good at, right? The, the Wayne Gretzky's, you know, they can say he was the natural. He wasn't. He spent bucket loads of time with that hockey stick in his hand and his skates on his feet and pounding pucks all over the place. That's why he was a natural because he just did it all yeah. the time through the pain. Yeah, you just you gotta you gotta go after the things that you're passionate for, and you should always be passionate about your um, your health, your 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 mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. All those things should be mm -hmm. actual goals throughout the day. So when you get up in the morning, have a good plan for your food. You know, feed your body well so that you're not tired, you're not grumpy, you've got good emotional control. Um, you know, have a plan for exercise, even if it's just walking. Um, I don't think I've told anybody on the podcast about this before, so I'll share it a little bit. I, I'd met a lady a couple of years ago. They call her the Flying Unicorn. She works for WestJet here in uh, Canada. And um, uh, when I met her, she was this, she sort of looks like Phyllis Diller. She was a thin, older lady, lots of character in her face and she was very outgoing but she wasn't always that way I think it was about five years prior to when I met her she was about a hundred pounds overweight uh, diabetic high blood pressure heart problems and the doctors are basically saying listen this this is sort of what happens when people live a lifestyle like this and you know we got some pills and prescriptions that we can help get you comfortable and she decided that wasn't good enough for her and she made the decision that day that she was going to do five kilometers every day 
um, whether it was walking, running, whatever she could do. And she got up to the point at like 62 or 63 years old, I think when I met her, when she was running five kilometers every single day. And she would tell me that there was days that she was sick or had the flu or, you know, she was hurt and she would still do the five kilometers. Sometimes it was, you know, 500 meters at a time. You go out, do 500 meters, you come back, you sit on the couch, you rest, you take a nap, and then you go out and do 500. And you, she would do that and always get her um, five kilometers in. And so that's the thing, right? You have to have a plan and stick to it and go after it. If you don't like the way your health is, if you don't like the way you're feeling, do something to change it. Yeah, and I like what she did. She chunked it down into smaller bits, and that's what I would recommend anyone do, not just say, you know what, Monday, I'm going to be better. I'm just going to do it all better. Yeah, being better is huge, <laughs> So that's right? pretty vague. And just it, pick one little thing. and Yeah, um, Yeah. so just take one thing and get good at it and then add another thing and, and just know that the path to success is a windy road, as they always say. It's yeah. not a straight line, so... Yeah, I didn't go from 208 to 188. I went from 208 to 205 to 208 to 203, from 208 down yeah. to 190. You know, there were, there was all this fluctuation in what I did to to get there, but I just mentally stayed at that goal. I had bad days. I went out and drank too many beers or I ate too many wings or, you know, I had those, those days. But then the next day I was like, nope, come on, that's not what you're doing. Let's get back on this horse. Let's ride it into my end goal is going to be 180. Which eight more pounds is going to be miserable, but I want to know what 180 feels okay, like. Okay, we'll have to ramp it up. And there's, uh, yeah, that's when you have to start getting really strict and, and cut out those beers and and yeah. you really have to. <laughs> well, so talk about that because that, that was one thing that, that we made a decision about uh, the two of us is that we were going to, uh, well, you decided to stop all alcohol. Um, I decided to minimize it dramatically. And uh, the reason being is... The reason I stopped alcohol or the well, why we made that pact? Well, what's good about what we're doing? So how does the li- uh, alcohol affect the liver and how does the liver affect weight loss? And Oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, for me, I why I, I always believed the in moderation people camp of talking about alcohol use. But then I, I, just, I just learned uh, from a couple of well-respected doctors and, and uh, authors and people that I really respect said there's no safe amount of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that's all I needed to hear. I always knew it affected the liver, and our liver affects our weight, uh, the condition of our liver. And uh, more toxic load on the liver, uh, the more metabolically you're going to break down. Uh, you're going to see uh, problems happening, and weight's going to be coming on at a high clip. And um, you're not going to detoxify as well. So um, and the thing with alcohol, and I, I, I didn't like the hangovers I was getting. It really started affecting me. So I hated that feeling more than I liked having a glass of wine. So, so for me, with learning, it's there's no safe amount of, of ethanol, then um, which is essentially what it is, and your body has to break it down to something pretty toxic and then excrete it. And I always, and I'm in the business of making people healthier, and I want to be healthy and live healthier longer, with a long health span, not just live long sick. So um, I'm like, no, uh, don't need it. It doesn't benefit me. For me, what I notice, so now that it's few and far between that I go out for drinks, is that the day after, maybe not even a hangover is the right word because I'm not drinking a ton, but even just having a few drinks, my cravings the next day are crazy. We, we typically, if I do go out, it'll be a Saturday night and Sunday is our shopping day and I'm in the store and all I can do is stare at the Oreos and the goldfish and the chocolate bars and I'm like, ooh, I just need something. Yeah. And, and I fight it off knowing that it was just the booze from the night before. But uh, yeah, for me, the, the cravings were horrific. Yeah, I think Rotten Ronnie's is probably pretty busy, you know, Sunday, Sunday morning, morning, Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a combination of things. Like your body is depleted of nutrients. Right. It's especially our B vitamins. So, and uh, electrolytes are off because you're dehydrated and your blood sugar is, uh, for lack of better words, screwy. It's low and... Um, so that's a whole combination of all those things. Yeah. You're like a, like a toddler that wants some 
food right right now. Right now, I'm hangry. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, so this is before I met you. I probably told you this before, but no one on the podcast has heard it. I, I, I spent a month in Australia on a Kentucky tour. So uh, it's basically a party bus. They take you from city to city and bar to bar, and you go rip it up with 50 other people in a country uh, that you've never been in before or wanted mm-hmm. a different view of it. And about probably... I don't know, eight or 10 days into the trip, I was feeling like a bag of crap. Mm-hmm. Like I was drinking six or seven hours a day, not eating very much. I went to a pharmacist, told him what was going on. And all he did was give me vitamin B. He's like, I'll just take mm-hmm. a couple of these every single yeah. day. Because he knew there was uh, there was no stopping the party bus. Oh, I used to know people that would take vitamin B shots before a night out because they were going to go hardcore. So wow. I'm not advocating that or giving no. tips. But, you know, if you do know you're going out for a few, one or two, we know no safe amount of alcohol, really. Um it doesn't hurt to take some B vitamins before you go out, like a B complex. And then uh, when you get up the next day, have some electrolytes, those electrolyte drinks and get get refreshed and get your blood sugar balanced back with a good, that's when you would probably want to have a good oatmeal breakfast uh, to start the day, not the things we actually are really craving. (laughs) I think it would level things off so much better if you just had some... Good nutritious cl- meal, yeah, yeah. Steel cut oats and some berries. So this is this is the season uh, we're going into the Christmas season right now. Christmas parties, or there's definitely more alcohol. Uh, there's definitely way more eating. I think the average Canadian gains like twelve or fifteen pounds uh, in in December, it, which is a massive wow. amount of weight. But it's you know holidays and friends and family and all that kind of stuff. So. On my mind, I would boil it down to just willpower. You just got to be strong. But hoping a coach would have some better advice than suck it up, buttercup. Well, my tips are, hey, make some sacrifices now. Uh, sacrifices aren't negative. That's just mm. laying it down. That's great. I, uh, laying it down, you're worth it, you're important, and uh, no regrets later. So um, if you're talking about eating like you're eating, you going into a Christmas season, it wouldn't be very detrimental. It would be, you would bounce back a lot easier because you would have less cravings because you're nourished. You would probably have a quicker off switch uh, than someone who who hasn't been nourishing I, themselves I and eating regularly. I definitely get full way faster now. Yeah. yeah. So you tend to have a, a stop, your own stopping uh, mechanism. Uh, yeah, so that's my my tip, actually, and that's what I've been talking to people about, is just feeding yourself well, nourishing yourself, making sacrifices now so that you don't have regrets later, and uh, you can win December. One of the things you pointed out to me uh, a while ago is when I would have a cheat day or something like that, I'd sort of beat myself up and get mad at myself, you know, Saturday night, go have some beer, Sunday, stop at McDonald's, and then I'd feel more like a bag of crap. And you're like, if you're going to eat it, just enjoy it. Just make sure that you're you're taking it in, you're enjoying the flavors, and maybe McDonald's is a bad, because there's probably nothing good about that. <laughs> I was but, thinking more the night out with friends. <laughs> enjoy that moment. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't beat yourself up because you have one bad night. And, you know, when I step on the scale, it makes me really angry that I did that bad thing. But I... I understand the, the the thought behind just enjoying what you're doing. Like, don't beat yourself up because you're trying or because you stepped off the wagon for, for one night or a couple yeah. hours. Yeah, just smile at that memory because all you're focusing on is where you goofed up, but you haven't, you've forgotten about all the times you've prepped your breakfast, you got up, consciously decided what you're eating that day and ate all your meals at home because you prefer that to know what goes in your body. That's all the stuff that um, you've done well that going out for a night isn't going to uh, ruin it for you. The McDonald's, if we can just say Bash that, but that. <laughs> no, <laughs> McDonald's has a time and place, but after you've put your body through a night like that, I would honor it with something better yeah. and, and listen to your, what your body needs, not your brain. That's when you have to say, just shush brain. I'm going yeah. for something to nourish my body. Cook up a nice, good buttery steak sure. and a bunch of mushrooms and uh, zucchinis, yeah. raw tomatoes. Yeah, it can be can be delicious. Yeah, yeah. That's all I would suggest is get right back on track. If but the perfectionists that I meet are like, screw it. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not doing this right. Right. So I might as well just go off the rails and try this another time. Might as well be really good in at de- being January. bad. Yeah. And so that's really hard for those perfectionists where I, when I say things like to you, they're like, sometimes that's just not good enough. They want to be better. Right. So we have to make smaller goals and, and remember the wins and all the things that they've done. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that is celebrate, um, the good things that they do in their life. Right. We, we don't really sit back and get excited. I mean, me and you are definitely guilty of doing that. We don't have huge celebrations about, um, any, any accomplishments, right. We're like, Oh yeah, you got a new job. Great. That's awesome. We're done. Good job. Take out the garbage. (laughs) Exactly. So the, uh, you know, we definitely could do better at that. And probably there's a lot of people out there that they only beat themselves and they don't do the, only beat themselves up and don't do the celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or you can celebrate, uh, c- celebrate small things that really, those are no brainers. So you have to, you're right. Recognize when, when you've done a good job, recognize it for what it is, move on and, yeah, uh, and try the next thing. Add something else. Yeah, yeah. So what can people expect? Or no, no, this is probably a better question. What is your ultimate customer um, for what you do? What 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 are you guys looking for? What kind of clients do you want knocking on your door asking for help? Oh, anyone. There's no requirements. Uh, you don't, it, it's not exactly a weight loss uh, coaching. It's just anyone who wants to get better, you know, on the hikes that they they do what foods they want to learn a little bit more about, you know, what they, how, how, how many calories, what types of foods should they take on? Uh, and we work with that um, because space is an issue in the backpack. So we have to come up with solutions there. So, or it could be someone uh, trying to uh, body build and, and lose uh, body fat and gain muscle mass. Um, could be someone underweight, overweight, a healthy weight, someone just needs to learn how to cook, put a meal together, because honestly, it doesn't come easy for everyone, and they realize it's important, and they're going to make some time for it, but um, I think the, so anyone could be, anyone, I think ha- having a coach in general just is helpful oh, in absolutely. life. So yeah, so any, I, I see people who don't want, care about the weight, the scale, we don't ever get on the scale. We just uh, talk, see how you, symptoms are getting. You guys never get on the scale? We have some clients that jo- don't. That's not their focus. Oh, okay. It's just to learn uh, better nutritional tips, recipes. So there's a small handful of clients that aren't there for weight. Very cool. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. The, um, I would imagine they'd have to be somewhat motivated though. Like you're, if they're coming in, they're expecting you to be the cheerleader and to push them every single day. That's probably not. Well, we meet weekly and I am their cheerleader. Yeah. And I, um, I learn a little bit in the beginning of what they want from me, what they expect from a coach. And I be that for them. So some are saying, you got to be hard on me. You can't let me get away with stuff. Cause I, and, uh, others will say, Please just don't push small steps because I'll probably not do this or whatever. Yeah. So I learn uh, what what's coaching coaching style they need. But hey, any anyone can benefit from a coach because I can see it from a different perspective. It's not a right or a right way or wrong way. I'm just hearing what they have to say and I have a different bird's eye view to speak into it because they're right in it and it's hard to see things sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's always great to see a motivated person that comes in there and just takes the program by the letter and takes um, everything and they things work out. They have the time and everything. Uh, they really succeed. I know uh, you don't talk to me about names or specific people, but you tell me about some of the great wins that people are having inside the, the store. And you'll say, oh, there's a guy about your size and, and age. And, mm-hmm. you know, he did this, this, and this. And that really motivates me. I love hearing stories of success where I'm like, oh, I could do better. Let's go after this. Let's go try it. What is he doing? What can I do? And, and one of the things that um, he was doing was changing the way he worked out his cardio. So, you know, doing that 20 minutes of high intensity to burn off the 
glycogen in the body. Is that right? Yeah, we have some stored energy. Yeah, so burn that off so that we could go into a fat burning mode. So I'm making an attempt to try that right now. I haven't been really good at it. I bought a a watch to help me (laughs) guide my heart rate. But when I'm out working out or when I'm on a treadmill, I want to give her the whole time that I'm there. Yeah, and that's common. And that works for some people, but you got to think of it. That's in an anaerobic state where your cells can't really catch up on their breath. They breathe in and out like we do, and and it uh, it's a different fuel that your body needs at that time because it's not recovering quickly. Yeah. So then the liver uh, will make some more uh, fuel for you, sugar that ultimately gets made from fat and g- carbohydrates. But at the moment when you need it, you're not really digging into your stored energy. Yeah. And there's some theory with you know the afterburn and and whatnot you're burning, but really I've seen great success with the people that kick into those they learn about the different modes and then they the anaerobic state and the aerobic state and it makes sense to them and they try that and it's actually been quite good because as i talked about earlier in in this podcast was um people with high stress lifestyles don't always benefit from a high stress workout because the body just sees it as stress Right. Doesn't matter. Stress yeah, yeah. is stress. You could be it, you your got body a lion doesn't... chasing you, or just trying to get away from an avalanche, or trying to get away from yeah. Yeah, right? it could it's... be you're doing your taxes, you're getting a, a speeding ticket at the moment, or a fight with your spouse. It's stress is stress, and your body, if it's in a constant state of it, it's a, a high cortisol, and and that's um, cortisol, as we know, is good in short term, but long term exposure is detrimental. Absolutely. I, I want to go back to what you were saying about coaching because I think uh, you're absolutely right that we need more coaches and mentors in our life in, in all different areas, not just nutrition or not just your track coach. Or We, we had Ian Amman um, on here uh, last week who's our running coach. And uh, you can gain so much just by being around people and, and learning from them. I was uh, just telling the story today about a track coach I had in, in high school that pushed me. I was not high school. It was middle school. I was, um, I was the fastest kid in class basically running, doing um, – uh, sprints and and uh, even some of the long distance stuff, and my coach came to me and says like, well, why aren't you trying? And I'm like, I'm beating everybody, and he's like, yeah, but you're not really pushing yourself. So on the hundred meter um, sprint, he would put one of the middle kids, the middle uh, fastest kids, in in about ten yards in front of me, and then we would start the race. That's nice, and. Uh, um, I would still beat him, and then he'd put that same kid twenty yards ahead of me, and then I would still beat him. But I was never pushing myself that hard. And you know, even when Ian was on here, he says, we have the 40% rule where our brain sort of shuts off when we hit about 40% of what we can actually do because it wants to conserve energy and store it for later and not burn itself out. And that's maybe not good all the time where we, we need to push ourselves past that 40%. But I don't think people really understand how how much more we have inside of us. Yeah, we limit ourselves really. And and that's really encouraging for me when I hear a client say, um, this has never happened before. And I, um, when they have a good thing after they go on vacation and they don't, they actually lose weight uh, because of the stuff they've learned from me and, uh, or, or the, the SFL program, uh, just what they've learned and, and taught themselves because they've taken an interest. So that's really heartwarming to hear that someone's um, noticing changes and yeah. things And once happen. you get good at it, you can start coaching other people, right? Like, oh, this is what I did to lose this weight. You should try it or you can try it. You know, this is the exercises I did. These are the foods I ate. And if it doesn't work for you, I can introduce you to somebody better than me that can help you find the, the solution. Yeah, yeah. You know you've done your job well as a teacher or a coach when they, your student can go teach someone what they've learned. And that's when I feel like I've done my job because if someone doesn't know what they're doing and why, it's just not good. It's going to be fleeting. And as soon as they walk out the door, it's not going to be part of their life. I could agree. I mean, even in my regular job, one of the things I say is to create well-educated, happy customers. Uh, and I do sales mostly. Um, and the well-educated customer spends his money better, right? And so you do everything better when you're well-educated in what you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we, well, we just learned in our Dave Ramsey financial peace course about don't buy anything you don't understand. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Yeah, so, like, do the reading. Yeah. How many times have we bought things and signed the contract and didn't really understand what we were getting into and uh, like insurance and different things. So um, contracts and stuff. So it's very key with everything. If you don't fully understand it, you're just going to maybe not deal with that and you don't want to, because we feel stupid. If, if we don't understand something, we mm. don't always know the right question to ask and you just kind of go away. Yeah. And yeah. yeah so I you totally have to understand agree. it. The the older I get, the more knowledge I gain. And of course we're in the, the, the technology era where where we can get literally anything we want from psychology, um, I was gonna say sermons, <laughs> lectures to any nutritional advice you want and you kinda of weed through all those things and 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 try them out. You know, I tried the the carnivore diet and I tried the going vegan and vegetarian for a while and, and none of those worked that well for me. Not that they're they're bad diets, but um, they didn't work out well for me. The one I'm on right now, I feel fantastic. Um, and I don't know how I'm gonna get down to one A. We'll figure that out in the next yeah. couple of weeks and we'll keep everyone posted. But not everything works the first time, like we were talking earlier. Mm. Like, don't give up. Just go try something else. Yeah, it's not failure. It's just, okay, back to the drawing board. I know that didn't work. Right. So people have to look at failure different. And failure is um, got a negative connotation, but I think we've seen enough motivational speeches of all the super successful people in their field that talk of all the times they failed and how it's made them better. Right, yeah. So I think it was, uh, who invented the light bulb? Edison. Edison <laughs> said that, uh, you know, when he was trying to invent the light bulb and he had tried all these different products as the element inside, and I think he was like 80 or 90 uh, elements that he had tried and they didn't work and everyone was sort of teasing him and like, where do you think you're going with this? He was like, I know there's 80 things that don't work. So now I can move on to the next yeah. thing, right? And that's yeah. that's how I felt with some of the diets I had tried that, you know, you dig into these things and, and and like vegetarian, I was super excited about it. Uh, one, I think it's a, um, it is a good way to eat. Um, maybe not for everybody, um, but I was super excited. We actually even hired a chef to cook our vegetarian meals and I did it for a few weeks. The meals were phenomenal. They tasted great. There was nothing wrong with them, but I was so tired. So now I'm like, okay, I know that's not yeah. for me right now. It's good that you tried that different things though, because a lot of times we'll say, no, I could never give up dairy or I could never give up meat. Right. Well, how would you know if you didn't try? Like yeah. there's uh, plenty of... Um, cultures that are living on a mostly plant-based diet and it's it's very healthy i think the downside is some of the the you know some men and their sperm count might be lower or less motile motile or whatever the word might be but mobile they're not swimming well maybe they're not good swimmers i don't know I, and it might have something to do with the quality of protein because yeah. our body is so uh, so protein based where like protein, everything's protein. So, um, so maybe I think if you're a vegetarian, well, I know if you're a vegetarian or, or a vegan, you have to be really, that's when a coach would really come in handy right. to help you, uh, get the right amount of protein. Cause it's very key. That makes me think, cause you know, I know some vegans, vegetarians and vegans that are like, ideological about their their diet simply for life isn't like that you've come home and and started studying like on keto like i got a guy who really wants to do keto i think it's going to work for him i just got to understand it more so you guys are never set like this is the only way to do it no we'll work with whoever wherever you're at if you're uh, a vegan ketoer whatever uh we work with that and i just monitor i I just have them really monitor uh, because all the good apps just uh, put their food in these apps to make sure they're getting the right uh, minerals. Like if someone's on a keto diet, you could be very low in a lot of your uh, vitamins and minerals. So a good multivitamin is important to take to fill in those gaps. Salt yeah. your food with some Himalayan salt. Uh, so you get your sodium uh, at the right level. So yeah, we just work with uh, wherever you're at. Have you? Do you have anyone trying the carnivore diet? 
No, I think that's really expensive. <laughs> but no, no, no one's ever just said uh, they're all meat eaters. No, but Do that, that doesn't mean we have a friend that's uh, it's essentially not a hundred percent, but he's probably like ninety five percent. Pete the not Pete the plumber, Pete a plumber, mm-hmm. a friend of ours, where he eats almost all meat and he, yeah. he's quite healthy and looks good. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but imagine it that way. <laughs> hopefully we, he's okay. Still. Hopefully he's okay still. The uh, and we know lots of or hear lots of stories on uh, podcasts and and news about people that are um, you know suffering from uh, what's the word uh, where your body's fighting against. Everything. Autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease that have tried the um, the carnivore diet. It worked very, very well for them. So I'm not sure if it's the meat that's working well for them or the fact that they're not eating other stuff that's more helpful for oh, them. Oh, yeah. That's a slippery slope because some uh, there's a few different types of autoimmune diseases that all affect different parts of the body. Yeah. So um, some are warned to not have too much meat because uh, they'll be sensitive to the hormones and the... Uh, meat and, and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that gets very specialized. So it's, again, not one size fits all. Just because you have an autoimmune disease doesn't mean all meat diet would work for you. It just depends which one, right. wh- which type. Yeah. And then uh, one of the other things I want to ask you about, because it's worked very well for family members, is uh, an anti-candida diet. Yeah. So maybe you can explain a little bit what uh, candida is and uh, yeah. why it's detrimental. I think more candida is a yeast overgrowth in the body because we um, all are, we're just a chemistry lab hosting a bunch of bacterial cultures. We're just a beautiful uh, dressed Petri dish. And they, (laughs) that's a nice way to describe it. Yeah, basically, they're all busy (laughs) digesting our food. So when we eat um, a carrot or some celery, uh, we chew it up, but then there's microbes at work that. It break it down and um, break it down, and then it's enough to uh, just be absor- absorbed into our blood mm-hmm. through the intestinal walls. So it has to be broken right down. So uh, if you have a diet high in processed foods, sugars, alcohol, use some uh, pre- prescription uh, medications. Um, there's a lot of factors and uh, that go on, and they um, they thrive on the yeasts. So you'll have an overgrowth of candida, or it's called dysbiosis. Like it means dis, like it's um, unbalanced. Because yeah. we need to have a whole bunch of different creatures in there. I don't know if they're considered creatures, but they're uh, microbes, my- our microbiome. So yeah, if you don't, if you have an over um, growth of yeast, you'll have really low moods, drive cravings for carbohydrates and alcohol, uh, because of that vagus nerve that runs from our gut to our brain. Right. They'll communicate those moods and um, anxieties, and you'll get sinus. You'll see sinus issues a lot, um, and then the poor liver has to filter out the metabolites of all these um, off gassing of these different yeasts. And, um, in fact, and, and then your liver gets, uh, bogged down and you can turn into non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so you can see how it's a chain reaction, but typically before it gets to your liver too bad, you, you're in a bad way in a mood, you'll gain weight and, and be low energy, uh, foggy thoughts. You'll feel like you're kind of slogging through mud. Uh, your day is a lot harder to get through. For sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, a lot of us actually probably are more yeasty than we even know. But when I hear someone say, I have an intense craving for blank, and it's usually um, carbs or alcohol, uh, breads and stuff, I'm like, oh, someone's driving that craving, and it's probably not you specifically. So that's, that's a when a good... yeast bug inside It's there. the yeast, yeah. And in fact, they did a study, they're really studying uh, microbiome now, and I thought it was really interesting that they studied the microbiome of a lean, normal weight person and someone who's overweight. And there's actually a, I don't know if it's the firmicutes uh, or something, but there's a certain type, and they will actually extract more calories from food than um, a, a normal size, normal size body. Okay, so hang on. Mm-hmm. So a bigger person will have these bacteria that that will extract more calories. So if yeah. we both ate the the, the same meal 
mm-hmm. and that had, say, 600 calories in it. I could even eat less portion size if I had this bacteria. If I, I could eat less than you and extract more calories. Wow. So that's why people will say, I barely eat. My husband eats like this. and Or I'm doing so good, and then I go out one night, and I'm five pounds up. Yeah. So that's when I say, oh, let's uh, get a, let's look at your um, balancing your bacteria. So it's feeding it probi- uh, prebiotics, which is just f- fibery foods, apples and asparagus and fiber. Um, and then getting, looking at the, what, there's tons of probiotics out there and sometimes adding more bacteria on it isn't going to benefit. So it's really looking at perhaps what would be the best um, uh probiotic for this and actually saccharomyces boulardii <laughs> is mm. actually it's actually interestingly enough a yeast a type of yeast is not really even more bacteria but it's combats the candida wow. so can, can, if people are having those symptoms that i explained uh chances are um and a high uh they call it a sad diet a standard american diet <laughs> That's the acronym. <laughs> nice. If you're eating a standard American diet, a sad diet, you you likely do have an imbalance, and and you catch probably a lot of colds, and they n- stick around for a while, and yeah, yeah, candida is a nasty beast. Yeah, the um, I don't know if they're they're doing this anywhere, but uh, uh, it would be super beneficial to be able to test your microbiome. I know people do blood tests and they'll say, well, you, these are your vitamin mineral levels and blah, blah, blah. Are we able to do any of that testing here in Canada right now? Uh, I don't think so. I think on, on my Facebook feed, I saw something called Viome. And I think they, you send a sample and they're, okay. they're able to tell you kind of what you're made up of and what foods would be best for you. I haven't really looked into it. Is that the I'm new Amazon sure. so they can just start shipping your shipping. food to your house? Maybe. <laughs> These are the foods that your poop says that you should have. Because nice. they just test, but I they can test. They do stool samples more in the states. I think this it's not very um, stool samples for candida here. I think because it's, there's some obvious uh, signs, and chances are if people have overgrowth of like or if acne is a problem, um, those other symptoms I had mentioned about the energy and stuff and everything, uh, chances are it's just do a candida protocol and. Get it, get it, it done. It seems to me from the family members that we've seen with this, they have a specific shape to them as well. That that uh, um, we were in a doctor's office with the family member that that was suffering from um, candida overgrowth, and it was funny. It was a endocrinologist's office, and and the, everybody inside that office looked the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had that same round body. They all had the kind of bloated red cheeks. They all looked tired, zombie-ish um, type um, yeah. complexion yeah. to them. like Kind of a moon face. Uh, and, and that's not all candida. That's kind of, that's called metabolic disease when you have, um, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, type 2 diabetes. And, and there's, I think, so five cardinal just, things. Yeah. But chances are, if someone's in that state, um, uh, and... Yeah, and they're typically round in the middle because uh, when you're insulin resistant, your cells stop accepting insulin or your insulin beta cells in your pancreas stop even producing insulin. So that's an insulin problem. And and fortunately, I guess our ab fat cells are always very hospitable and will always take that extra glucose. How nice. Yeah, it's very friendly. <laughs> but uh, so the rest of the cells are not accepting glucose and but the it gets shuttled into the ab fat cells. Nice. And they'll stretch 25 times their size or something. I don't know. But they're they're and they'll multiply, they'll make more. So someone listening that uh, they have that round body shape, they're they're they they have all these symptoms that we're talking about. What what would you suggest to them? Where where should they start? Oh, well, um, keeping in mind, we're yeah. talking about small steps, right? Yeah, like they're not going to be know. insane like me and just go a hundred percent the opposite direction. Yeah. I would look at, um, I think the first step is finding out what the biggest obstacle is to health. Um, is it, you know, eating out less? Could you make more of your meals at home? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty broad. 
uh, what they could do, but it's Find looking at the diet. Yeah, you need a coach, a health <laughs> coach, uh, to help you through that. Uh, and it's not, yeah, because it could be a number of things. And I always look at uh, sleep and bowel movements. Uh, I think the first thing, if you're not having a bowel movement every day, you're constipated. You're actually, if you, I think you're supposed to be going two or three times a day, and if you're not, you're considered constipated. But you don't want that waste sitting in your bowels for more than a day and recirculating toxic waste. So I would make sure you get yourself uh, going every day. And some people will say, I've just not gone every day for years. That's just not me. But you need to uh, use all the fiber, all the water. Um, there's different kinds of fiber for different kinds of intestines. Some people have uh, IBS and, and they're inflamed bowels. So you have to be careful of what fiber you use, but it can be done. Yeah. I, I remember we, we've mentioned uh, uh, poop a couple of times on here <laughs> and uh, we had a son that, that struggled a little bit with that when he was younger, had some issues that, that we've battled through. And so I, we talk about it pretty openly about bowel movements and um, important. It, it is important. I remember listening to every man podcast. It's a kind of a man's podcast. Uh, they do big adventures and stuff like that. But one guy came on there and he literally spoke for an hour on about how important how important pooping is yeah. and that you're doing it regularly. It should be a certain size and a certain consistency. And, and I noticed that instantly. I never really had a problem prior to going on the diet I am now, but I have like, I can mm-hmm. count the, the days in a row that they're perfect every, yeah, every there day. Yeah, perfect poop, yeah. Yeah, and you come out of there and you're just, you're, I'm blown away. Like, I've heard about these and now I'm doing them, yeah. like, almost every day. And you know when you're off, when you, you know, you, you cheat, you have a couple of drinks or you have a fast food or, yeah. you know, you load up on potato chips or whatever, all of a sudden it changes. You're like, oh, there's my signal. I do it wrong. Let's yeah. go back to where we were. Yeah. You know, setting small goals like having a good poop, but maybe that's not a small <laughs> goal. That's probably a big goal. Well, I, that would be my first focus. If someone's coming in, it's a toss-up between them not sleeping or pooping. Um, I typically go for the getting them regular bowel movements, and then we tackle the sleep. Because if you left some uh, a BM in the bathroom for two or three hours, you would be like, "Get that is awful. You don't want that permeating your house. You just don't want that permeating your body because your body reabsorbs the water. <laughs> That's a great point. I never so, thought about that before. As gross if the as kid it is, doesn't flush the toilet, you want to take him out back and beat yeah, the daylights out gross. of him. It is gross. It lets off smells. But yeah, we're okay leaving that crud in our body. Yeah, it needs to go because our body is designed to extract the water daily. That's yeah. what it's supposed to do from your colon. And you just don't want all that stuff that was supposed to be garbage dumped out is now going back in you. So that's a lot of um, some of the reasons why people can become yeasty too and candida that, yeah. So there's lots of different things. I, this, I'm sure this is BS, but I'm going to say it anyways. The, uh, I remember when uh, uh, they did the autopsy on, I think mm-hmm. it was John Wayne, and they said he had 75 pounds of uh, waste inside of his digestive system. I don't know how they know that or if they actually checked that or not. 70, well, 75 pounds. He was a big dude too, though, right? Um, to, to think that, you know, if you're if you're only looking at the number and realize, well, if I get all the poop out of me, I'm probably going to lose 10 or 15 pounds. Yeah. Well, you feel like you lost 10 pounds after you had a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. We get our dog sitting in and staring at us going, what are you guys doing in here? He's chewing his bone. Um, for everyone that listens to our podcast, they they pretty much heard my dog on every yeah. single episode because I haven't got my real studio yeah, yet. It's just in the dining room. So. Yeah. Uh, Mark hates it when I tell people that our studio is just in my kitchen or yeah, in my dining room. it's just at the house. Yeah, so uh, that's important, pooping. So a lot of people I hear, like I said earlier, oh, it's just my normal. I haven't gone right for years. So, But yet they're in my office with a whole host of symptoms that could have probably been averted by getting you going regular. It's super, super important. And for mood, most of our serotonin, that feel-good mood uh, hormone is produced in the gut. So that's why you have feel so good after you've good released poop. a bowel movement. It releases serotonin. You know what, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how people look for the simple fix, right? Like, oh, I'm not pooping probably, so I'm going to have some Metamucil, or maybe not. Well, Metamucil has a psyllium fiber, which is really good, but it also, 
it hasn't got the greatest additives in there. One, one of the things that uh, I talk about with friends with, it's not just about adding the good, it's stopping the bad. So if you're going to continually poison yourself and then take the antidote the next day, that's not good for your body either, right? To be able to just stop doing the stuff that stops you from booping. And then you just poop properly instead yeah. of focusing on, you know, I'm just going to eat fiber for every meal of the day and I'm going to get this all out of me. Well, maybe that's good short term, but yeah. then don't go back to poisoning yourself. Yeah. And some people don't really know why, uh, but that's where uh, I get, I get to the root of why someone mm-hmm. just says I'm constipated, but I just take this laxative and it's part of my everyday and it's, they show me which one and it's uh, one that's not, not very safe. And um, so then I encourage them to try something different and, uh, then we get to the root of why, because yeah. there's something. So maybe you just need a good digestive enzyme to help break this food down smaller. Like rather than just saying you're constipated and take a laxative, uh, the body is designed to work in right. such a way that it has an elimination process and something stopping it. So a, a holistic practitioners get to the root of it, not just give you a bandaid or a quick solve. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody, this is um, this has been really, really good. The uh, we had some guests line up, and my uh, that, that weren't able to show they got sick. They're going to come on in the next week or so, and so my wife completely bailed me out tonight, so I can get the podcast up and for everybody. So we should all give her a big thank you for for coming out and sitting with me for an hour talking about what she just finished talking about for the last nine hours at work or eight hours at work. Yeah. So uh, again, this is Chad with I Want to Know and my wife Nicole Ferguson. Uh, again, I want to remind you guys, uh, look us up on social media, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, and uh, thank you all for listening. We love you guys. Thank you Ciao. so much. Yeah, push those, my ears into the glass.